Chef Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there! You have tuned into episode 61 of the Star Wars Archives, the Utini Network podcast where each episode we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Poodoo out of it. I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline page over at utini.com, spent my entire adult life consuming Star Wars media and I've read over a thousand Star Wars books and comics. And joining me today is a man whose worth cannot be measured at price per brick. Aww, well thank you Trev, I'm <laughs> Jose and I have not spent my entire life consuming and collecting as many Star Wars things as my co-host here, but that's why I just tend to disrupt whatever insightful and random Star Wars factoid Trev talks about. And, uh, yeah, that's what I do here. (laughs) (laughs) And, as ever, for anyone joining us for the first time, this is a largely unscripted show where once we've decided on each episode's topic... Jose will do whatever research he needs, whilst I will do as little research as possible, and we can talk about anything Star Wars, and hopefully keep you both and entertained over the next hour or so. Yeah, so today was a, it's a bit of a different episode, format, different segments on today's, <laughs> on today's episode. <laughs> Don't we have different segments, Trev? Yes, we have <laughs> more segments than Timothy could shake a stick at. <laughs> so uh yeah so what are we what are we doing today trev because i well i guess i can i can start talking about it right but um i was unable to join um an interview that you had planned we we so, were on a break yes <laughs> yes so you went on and talked to someone else um <laughs> But it's okay. We're we're all back together now. But yeah, Trev, what um we have an interview that we will be playing after we're done talking about it first here. So obviously, don't give it all away. But why don't you tell us who you interviewed and yeah, just give me some of the highlights and then maybe we'll just like talk about it for a little bit before we we hit play on that interview segment. So yeah, we had this interview planned for a while. It had been rescheduled a couple of times, but it's in been in the making for a while now um so it's a pre-recorded interview um because like i said jose wasn't with us and i didn't want to record a whole episode without jose so we pre-recorded the interview and it's with a gentleman called martin fisher now that name probably isn't familiar to many of you um Mm -hmm. but he's basically most famous for writing over half of those rebels comics i've spoke about that dark horse repackaged as an omnibus last year Mm -hmm. um So he wrote 24 out of the 40 comics in that. He'd wrote another couple of little things before that. And he's written an absolute ton of comics for the Lego Star Wars magazine here in the UK. Okay. Um, So he's he's actually written... um, I mean, I I mentioned this in the interview, but he's up there with the most prolific Star Wars writers based on my very basic math in page count. In the number of pages he's written for Star Wars. 
That's that's impressive. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a lot of pages. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. So if he is up there with one of being being one of the most prolific Star Wars writers, then how do you think he's able to capture the like a Star Wars voice, or you know, like you know what I mean? Like, is he able to capture? Like, is it Star Warsy enough? Is it is he able to capture it correctly, or do you still does it sound more like? someone else writing Star Wars. Oh, no, definitely. And, you know, anyone who's read those Rebels books know that they're really, really good. You know, they're, okay. not, just, they're not just kids' comics. There's some real mature themes okay. um, covered. Obviously, the Lego stuff is a bit different. It's but Lego stuff. If you've seen the Lego TV specials that we've raved about, it's very yeah. much in that style. Okay, so lots of, like, random little Easter eggs and jokes about Star Wars in general, but it's, like... The ones that you can only make when you really know your stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was a really, really gracious interviewer. You could definitely tell that he didn't get much opportunity to talk about this stuff. <laughs> um, you know, and this is what this is what I like to do, isn't it? We like I like to invite these people on who maybe haven't had their dues, you know? Yeah. People don't know about their stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've already got a couple of ideas of people... I might reach out too soon and I need mm -hmm. to chase back up and reconnect with someone else who I spoke to um, late last year about a possible interview. So, you know, if, if you guys like these interviews and there's any of your favorite obscure person that you want <laughs> me to try and land for the show, then let us know. Yeah. So was there anything kind of surprising in your chat that, you know, you didn't really like know about in your, like during your interview with uh, Morgan Fisher? But there was definitely a lot of history about certain magazines and publications and the owners and the licenses. So I remember when we talked to um, Paul Coburn and mm -hmm. we were getting some real behind the scenes, yeah. juicy stuff about the rise and falls of yeah. uh, publishers. Definitely have covered a lot of that with him as well. Oh, nice. And um, tell me, so tell me a little bit more about the Star Wars Rebels, like magazine stuff though. So what, what kind of stories are being told in, in here? Cause I, I mean, I, I haven't read them. I know you've mentioned them in you know every couple times, but so there's what's... a there's a long history, right? Let's yeah. let's start with so the Rebels magazine was actually volume. No, let's go back further. The mm -hmm. Clone Wars magazine. Okay, so there was, was a actually, Clone Wars magazine. Yeah, it was volume seven of a long running Star Wars magazine here in the UK, okay. and every now and again they rebranded it or changed it up and they always reset the numbering same as marvel does but you know now, this numbering would only ever be found if you really looked on the copyright okay so when you say magazine are just, we is it just a kid's magazine there'd be a free gift on okay. the front you know a okay. wrist shooter or whatever okay the sort of things you see in the news agents and stuff. so there's like articles and stuff too besides just like but so again it's, ads it's aimed for you know 10 yeah. year olds got it okay okay so so there was a clone wars version of this yep and in each one of those, there was a brand new comic strip every month. I see. A 12-page comic strip, all based around... Um, that would have launched probably when the second season of Clone Wars dropped. Okay, okay. Um, and that went for 70 issues, 65, 70 issues. That then got rebranded as volume... Okay. Sorry, the Clone Wars was volume six of the magazine run. That got rebranded as volume seven. Uh, which when it, then it went to mm -hmm. all eras stories that ran for like a dozen issues. Then the Rebels one came out and that ran for again about well four, at least forty odd issues. 
with a brand new comic strip in each one. Yeah. Um, covering the first sort of seasonal two of Rebels. Okay. And stories that took place in between the episodes, so we get brand new oh, fiction. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, and then um, you know, I'll save some of this for the interview, but then certain ones of these only ever became available in English for the first time when Dark Horse collected that omnibus last year. In Eng what language were they? German. But isn't this a UK magazine? Why were there German stories? I'm I'm not spoiling the interview, Jose. <laughs> There's oh no point God. me talking about it when it's oh. in the interview that we're about to play. <laughs> Fantastic. No, this is a, this is really interesting. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of upset. Jose, you're going to have to listen to this episode. <laughs> I will listen to it. I I'm, I'm I am upset that I that I missed it. I just you know I just couldn't make it. But um, it wasn't the same without you. Uh, of course it wasn't. <laughs> I'm sure it was actually a, probably a lot more like direct and focused <laughs> on on the actual topic than it normally <laughs> would be. So um, nice. Well, that's yeah. I can't wait to listen to it, Trev. Is there anything else you want to say about the the interview or the magazines before we go ahead and hit play? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there was something when I came out of the interview. Going, I wish I'd asked that. But I've forgotten what it was now, so uh, <laughs> I'll, all right. I'll remember later. I'll remember when I'm editing it. <laughs> cool. Well, if you if you have to add some extra audio after this here of yourself saying, <laughs> oh, this is what I was saying, then go ahead for it. But yeah, before we hit play, you know, of course, um, let's just uh, do our little the segment that we do before the main show segment. So, you know, um, this show is, you know, is possible just thanks to all of you, Utini patrons who help you know who give us your money and uh, allow us to do random stuff like this um and also all your general release listeners too so if you'd like to help us out um go get our star wars inspired merch at utini.com slash merch or use the ever-present amazon affiliate links over on our timeline pages at utini.com and also go to patreon.com slash utini and when you become a member not only do you get access to all of our episodes in advance you also get a bunch of other utini member exclusives so go do that. Listen to our stuff when it comes out. Listen to other rent. There's another, a couple. Um, they're reviving some patron exclusive shows too, I believe, or there's some talk about that. So yes. So well, Emma's new show launched, uh, the MCU Teeny. That's right. That's right. Um, so she's watching all the Marvel stuff in chronological mm -hmm. order. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a fun thing to get as a little exclusive there. It also and has a really cool cover that I that, like logo. Yeah, so somebody made that. <laughs> yeah, I can't think who. Yeah, so sometimes I do other things too besides just disrupt Trev. Um, so, <laughs> um, so and, that. and there's talk of bringing back uh, the light speed skipping podcast. Now, yes. I always thought that was one of the best things that Utini yes. ever did. Loved yep. it. Yep. Now, I was a guest on light speed skipping. That episode never aired. Mm. So I don't know whether I broke light speed skipping. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether my appearance made them reevaluate the whole thing. I think that's exactly what happened. Trevor. I think it so. All, it was all you. It was all yeah. you. I, no, I, but I, let's keep that, that. That was a super fun show. And for those of you that haven't listened to it, and maybe some of our general um, listeners here, Trev, what what exactly is light speed? Light light speed skipping. Oh my god, it's actually harder so, to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically like the most chaotic roundtable you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. Like five five people on. Stack of six books, randomizer chooses a book, randomizer then chooses which page of that book. Somebody reads out that one page without context, 
and then the people who may or may not have read or even heard of the book talk about it it's it's a lot of fun yeah Actually, that sounds like right up my alley just making stuff up without any context so yeah. <laughs> um that yeah no it's it's a lot of fun so uh go go to patreon become a member get lightspeed skipping listen to the previous episodes of that because i'm sure you can still have access to that through it um because they were a lot of fun and uh yeah that's all i gotta say and now i guess we can Move on to the interview segment, Trev. Yep, so like I said, it's a pre-recorded interview. So uh, with the help of our amazing behind-the-scenes technical department, we don't That's have him. one. That's you, <laughs> Trev. We uh, are the technical department. Roll VT. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the show today author of 24 issues of a comics featured in the Star Wars Rebels magazine, recently collected in omnibus format by Dark Horse, more Star Wars Legos comics than you could shake a stick at, and much, much more besides. Martin Fisher. Martin, thank you so much for agreeing to this interview. How are you? Yeah, um, I'm okay. You know, I've uh, I've been working away on some Star Wars revisions today as well, so it's... uh, Nice. It all all comes around to that galaxy far, far away, right? (laughs) <laughs> yes. So here on Archives, whenever we have a guest on, we like to find out a bit more about their personal Star Wars journey. When did you first see the movies? Were, were you a fan before writing Star Wars professionally? And so on. So, you know, what does Star Wars mean to you? Well, my journey started, I would guess, in 1981. Um, we'd moved from Greys to Tilbury. And I think my birthday that year which is in November, I got an X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon and maybe a couple of action figures. But nice. At that point, As did everyone around that age. Pretty much, yeah. But um, <laughs> I don't recall ever seeing the films up to that point. And then I think... Oh, really? Yeah, no. Yeah, my first introduction was to Kenner Toys. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I can't remember how I came to see A New Hope. I, it must have been home video. It must have been, yeah. uh, I think, a Betamax video that we probably, <laughs> we probably hired from a shopping Greys. And that's when I saw okay. it for the first time. So um, I think when I saw it, and then obviously it was like, fire it again. I want to see it again. Fire it again. And I never saw Empire, but I was aware of Empire because of, obviously the toys have been branded with Empire. But yep. I, I saw I saw the original trilogy in a weird way. I saw a new hope on a video. I saw Jedi in the theatres, and I can tell you exactly where I saw it. I saw it at the Dominion <laughs> Theatre in London when it came out in '83. Oh wow! And I remember it so vividly because it was a day out in London with my parents, and in the lobby there was a guy there selling T-shirts, and my dad said, uh, "I'll buy you one. Which one do you want?" And I picked a black one. It had Luke. Holding the lightsaber with Vader, and there was the Emperor's throne room window in the background, and I think it cost seven ninety nine, from what I remember. Wow! And yeah, and and then after that, I think I saw Empire when they released all three films at the same time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, I saw it in the weirdest possible way, but that was literally my reaction <laughs> to to Star Wars. Okay, so were you a were you a fan? 
beyond that, um, have you ever kept up with the books and comics or anything like that, for example? Uh, yeah, um, I did read the Fraud Trilogy when it came out all that time ago. But yeah. I, I never read any of the Dark Horse stuff. But basically, when I turned uh, 16 and I started working, I started finding out about uh, there's a secondary market for the action figures. And so I actually started yeah. uh, like buying some of the action figures and I found out about ones that I didn't even know existed. And so, <laughs> it's but, a slippery slope. Yeah, it, it was a very, very slippery slope, yeah. And I had no idea that some of them were so rare and what they were going for. You know, because yeah, the old, uh, the old final seventeen. Yeah, which I can vaguely remember seeing. I believe at uh, Tesco's Lakeside Furrock at the time, because <laughs> and yeah, I can remember like the one pound fifty nine price sticker. Up, yeah, and then I just don't remember really seeing them all that much after that until I started going to the comic fairs and then going, "Ooh, why are these like two hundred pounds? I don't understand." Yes. You know, but that, that that was really how I kept in touch with with Star Wars and you know, rewatching the movies and buying the uh VHSs when they came out, buying the DVDs and yep. going forward when the prequels come out and uh, stuck with it ever since. Okay. So um so your first Star Wars comic, which is what we're gonna talk about today. Hmm. So your first Star Wars comic was published in the final issue of the Clone Wars magazine, published here in the UK by Titan, hmm. um, in December twenty thirteen. It was titled Hot Shot. Yeah. So how did this come about? How did you get the call to write for Star Wars and what was your career up to this point? Oh right. I mean, at that point I had some stuff published in comics, but it was mainly Really small anthology books, but I'm just trying to get a body of work together, you know, just yeah. so I could so I could say I've got some stuff published, you know, and I'd like to expand upon that. And uh, I did uh, a comic book prequel to a Roger Corman movie called Battle Beyond the Stars. Which okay, is, yes, yeah. yeah. So, and it was it was a book I'd always wanted to do because I always loved, and I still do love that movie, you know. So I got I got to do that, and then um, I was at the Excel, uh, I don't know if it was a comic, it might be a comic show or something, but uh, I saw the Titan booth there. And basically I went and spoke to a man called Mark McKenzie Ray. And uh, I just basically said, you know, I've got some stuff published. I really love Star Wars. It's one of my ambitions <laughs> to write at least one official story for Star Wars. And, you know, he, he was polite. He said, you know, we have a team of writers and yeah. we haven't got any room at the moment, but if you leave me your contact details, then if something opens up, we'll let you know. So left a card, and then um, you kind of think, yeah, I'm not going to hear anything about that. You know, that's that's like a bit of a closed shot, but at least you tried. Then in August that year, I came back from Comic-Con in uh, San Diego, and I got a random email basically saying, Oh, we've had a writer drop out. Your name was left on file. Uh, would you like to do some Star Wars stories? And, oh, wow. And I just, yeah, I just freaked out. And uh, I was <laughs> I was at my day job at the time. And I was sitting in the reception when I got the email. And uh, I just kind of, yeah, replied very quickly. Yes, 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 yes. And that and so that so that first one was for Hotshot, was it? That was for Hot. Yeah, the the, the story ended up being Hotshot. I think the Mar um, that wasn't the last one for Clone Wars because I think wasn't the Mars 
racer and go into undercover. Also Clone Wars. Ah, well, yes, but so it was the 54th issue of the Clone Wars magazine and then they rebranded the magazine back to Star Wars and renumbered it to number one. Right. Oh, okay. So Um, so we're still Clone Wars branded. So, so yeah, so you've got three in that um, volume seven of a magazine. So you've got, uh, yeah, Layers Trust and, um, yeah. yeah, the two you just mentioned, Mast Racer and... Uh, Yoda uh, Uncovered. Y- Yoda Uncovered. Now, Layers Trust is possibly my personal favourite of that entire hmm. run. Um, it also seemed there was a little bit more uh, mature storytelling than... Some of the other comics in that run from some of the other writers. Was there any sort of difference in the remit by that point about what you were um, allowed or encouraged to do? No, um, the big major difference was at that time is that the Disney merger had happened. So the process yes. for the approvals had completely changed. And that was really it. There was no remake. There was no remit to make things more mature or anything like that. It was just kind of as you are. And um, don't just stick to Clone Wars original trilogy as well uh come up with some stuff and oh yeah and oh by the way the magazine's closing down (laughs) yes so um yeah so that magazine finished in december 2014 and then the license passed from titan to egmont who then launched the star wars rebels magazine in january 2015 yeah um so like you just said about the the magazine closing down now in my head, I kind of assume that a lot of these stories are written well in advance. So had some of those Rebel stories being commissioned before the license changed? No. What was it like behind the scenes? No, nothing changed. No, nothing like that happened at all. I mean, the Rebel stuff happened by sheer dumb luck, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, a lady I know, Tanya Roberts, who's a really good Scottish artist, and um, she was in contact with uh, Panini, in Germany, and basically they'd been awarded yeah. the license to do comics based on Rebels, and Tanya had done a tryout for them. And they said to Tanya, uh, we're going to need some people to write this stuff. Do you know anyone that can do this? And Tanya went, oh, I know this guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> some stuff already. You might want to get in touch with him. So then, uh, yeah, I randomly got this email from uh, Gunther in Germany, basically saying, uh, would you like to do some stories for Rebels? I think at the time they already had Jeremy Barlow on board from his Dark Horse stuff, and they wanted yeah, wanted to, yeah. They, they basically wanted, they wanted two writers. So uh, yeah, the, again, no hesitation. It's like yeah, of course, I've got. A- That's really interesting that the whole genesis of the Rebels magazine originated with a German publisher. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it all kicked off, and then uh, basically the companies over in the UK were just other publishers of stuff that had already been generated. They never generated that stuff themselves, and they still don't now. Oh, wow. I mean, because I was aware that the last handful of these stories only ever got published in the German magazine until recently. Um, I just assumed that the German magazine had been done, you know, secondary to the UK one, and then lasted longer for some reason. That's, That's really interesting, but that was the... The primary source. Yeah. Um, how how was that? Did you have to... I'm sure you didn't kind of factor that into your writing. And I guess you passed your script on to a translator then. Uh, I mean, all most of the guys at Panini actually speak English anyway and because all the emails come in English. So yeah. obviously there would be some translating on the part of 
them when it comes to the actual publishing, but uh, all the artists, I do believe, well, most of the artists were English speakers anyway, so there was no, no need for actual one-to-one -one translations for them if they didn't understand anything. It was just all in English. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think you predominantly work with more or less the same two artists over there as well, which was um, Ingo Romling and yep. Bob Molesworth. Yep. Is that correct? Uh, yep. Um, so you must have a pretty good working relationship with those two guys. Um, have they both also worked for Lego? Uh, Ingo has not, but Bob has. Okay. Yeah, because um, yes. uh, I sent a sample of Bob's stuff that he did for Lego specifically. I sent that to the Lego editors, and they took Bob on board based on the samples that he did. So, you know, we've been working on stuff ever since that happened. Oh, fantastic. That must be really, really gratifying to have that close relationship with an artist that you do yeah. work with so regularly. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I never know in advance who's drawing what. I, the, the editors at, uh, in Germany, they decide all that. But I mean, if anyone needs any reference or something, or they're unsure or something, all they've got to do is email me and I'll, uh, I'll help them as best as I can. Okay. Um so you wrote 24 out of the 40 comics uh, for the Rebels magazine. Yeah. Were you given any storylines or plot points to work with, or are they completely developed by you? Were you given any information regarding the upcoming episodes from the show's writers, for example? No, um, occasionally when we were pitching, we were told, you can't use this idea because there's an episode later in the season that's going to have something very similar to this. That happened from time to time. Okay, but, yeah. But... Generally, uh, no, we, we develop those ourselves, or I would come up with some ideas, send them to editorial in Germany, and they would go, oh, yeah, this one, this one, we'll send this to Lucasfilm, and Lucasfilm would go, yeah, that's okay, go with that. And then we'd start generating the outlines for uh, approvals, and then once approvals were done and we had to make any changes or orations, then we'd do the scripts after that. Amazing. And there's some some real uh, sort of hard-hitting themes in some of those as well. Um, you know, there's one that deals with slavery. There's another that deals with, you know, mm. a senator who's kind of blind to what what's going on. Was that, a, was that a conscious decision to kind of weave these into what are essentially kids' comics? I mean, or I just... Like just I just thought... What they, you naturally want to write about. I just... That's what I naturally want to write about. I just thought they were good ideas at the time, you know... I, I think from when we did the Slavers story, I don't think we'd really seen a lot of them since those Clone Wars episodes. I really enjoyed yeah. those those three episodes in the Clone Wars that had the Slavers in them. So that that kind of came over. You know, I really want to see those guys again. You know, and, and do something with them. And also with uh, with the Senate perspective story again, I just thought, well, you know, Star Wars has politics in it. And yeah, a, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's that's there. So why? Because at the time, obviously, uh, the senators are being fed what the emperor wants them to hear. So yeah. I just thought it would make a nice change for a senator to kind of see it with their own eyes instead of just believing everything that they're told by the emperor and the empire. So, so when you were um, writing these, like you said, they'd go for authorization when you wrote callus's hunt for example yeah. did you have any inkling at the time 
that he was going to turn out to be working with the rebels all along? No, 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 not not not, <laughs> not, not at all. That was never. I, I I don't know if that was a pre-planned thing on the part of Lucasfilm or not, but that was never a part of any information that we were given. Okay, because I flicked through um fairly recently. And that one, I was, I was kind of analysing the text, seeing if there's anything that could be read in a in a double way or not, or whether there was any hints in it at uh, all. And no, he's just an out-and-out out bad guy. Yeah, yeah, because as far as... Because, I mean, the only reference I had at the time was the episodes themselves. You, you know, there wasn't anything else I could go from. So, And that's exactly who Callus was. He was an Imperial bad guy. You know, so that's how he was done. Now, as... The Keeper of a Timeline over at Utini.com, one of the things that I really appreciated is how you went out of your way to date these stories. I know you used to tweet about which episodes certain comics would um, appear between, or specifically in the case yeah. of Puffer Problems, the fact that it happened after the short story Rebel Bluff from Star Wars Insider. Now, were the timeline placements official and set in stone uh, by the guys at Lucasfilm working with yourself, or are they more like... Yeah. your best guess of where you thought they occurred. Yeah, so when we were coming up with the stories, we had to specify to the story group where we believed that it was taking place between what episodes. Yeah, so we oh, always, wow. so always had to be mindful because everything had to flow and make sense. Nothing had to kind of contradict itself. So yeah, we, yeah. De- we definitely had to do that. Oh, fantastic. And um, so we spoke about how these magazines were published in Germany and the UK. I know the US did get reprints later on. I'm not sh- quite sure if they ever got the full run. Um, and then Dark Horse released this surprise omnibus last year. Mm. How did that feel? Was that gratifying to see that come out? Must be nice to know that there was such big demand from the fans for it. I mean, yeah, it was It was surprising. There was no hint that that was going to happen at all whatsoever. So when it did, it was a case of, oh, okay, that's that's cool. You know, it'd be nice to see everything eventually. So, uh, all I've ever had has been the the free kind of collected editions that come from Germany. So I know there was collected editions done in France. Yes. Well. Yeah, three and or four volumes, I think. It might even be more than that, possibly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's all. Right. And then yeah, that that come out says, so like, oh yeah, great. Then everyone who wants to see them can finally see them, and hopefully it all makes sense in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> it does, and the, 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 um, the response to it on the sort of online fan community as well has been really positive, and there's loads of people who'd never managed to read these comics before who've really enjoyed it. I know within our Discord, there was loads of people who jumped on it and ordered it as soon as it was announced. Mm. Um, yeah, that's... So what about the process of... Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah no, no, good. No, that's, that's, that's nice to hear, and... Uh... You know, thank you to everyone for the uh, positive reaction. Um, what about the process of writing within a an eight-page framework? Because, um, well, I think the Rebels issues are 12 pages. Is that correct? Yes. Um, that must be... Was that something you were used to before writing these comics, working within that short framework, you know, to, to set the scene for a story and hit that conclusion within that time? Or was that... Did you kind of have to learn on the job? Uh, I mean, I was kind of semi-used to it because a lot of the anthology stories that I had published were 10 pages. So, yeah, you, I, I kind of knew how to condense the story as much as I could. You know, it's, the more pages, the merrier because uh, I'd like to put more action in them or 
something like that. But no, I was I was used to actually doing it in that kind of style. And it was good to have the extra two pages to play with in this case as well. And um, so Rebels lasted until January 2017. Well, in the UK at least. I know that the German magazine hmm. kept going for a little while longer. Yeah. Now, as far as I can tell from my research, literally the very next month was when your first, your next Star Wars writing gig was released. Yeah. Uh, and these have always been a personal favourite of mine. And I'm beyond thrilled that I can have you on to talk about these. Mm. So issue 19 of the Lego Star Wars magazine here in the UK featured your first of many, many Lego Star Wars stories. Mm. How did that, how did that jump between magazines happen? Oh, um, oh, God, I'm trying to think how did it happen? I think I had, so the, the editor Gunther who I was working with said he knew someone at, uh, Blue Ocean Publishing, who had the license to do the Lego Star Wars, and they were looking for another writer. And so he kind of recommended me to them. And so uh, I did a, like a tryout story, which was the first story that you probably remember seeing. Okay. Uh, I can't remember it now because it's been so long but it was the, the, the <laughs> rebels story it was phantom in the snow that was the okay that yep. first one i did because there was me and uh christian hector who was doing them and then yes uh christian got taken on uh as a staff member and so therefore he had to step away from doing that and then uh the guys at blue ocean said can you carry on doing it as you are so yeah, no brainer. It's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll keep going. Just that's 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 it. So, so you mentioned Christian being taken since. on the staff. So you've you've worked freelance the entire time writing all these comics, and I assume. Yes. Okay. Um, now the Lego stories are, by their very nature, aimed at a younger audience, and you've got to write right across the range of Star Wars content from. The movies, original prequel and sequel to Rebels, Clone Wars, Solo, Rogue One, even Mando now, and yeah. even the Freemaker adventures. Yeah. Were you again given free reign with the stories you wanted to tell? Were, were you ever sort of asked, okay, can we have a Solo one this week or this month? Can we have uh, a Clone Wars one next month? Uh, not from uh, not from Lucasfilm. The guys over in editorial in Germany, they will decide, oh, we need a story from this era for this month. We need a story from this era. For this month and also some of it also depends on the cover mount toy as well because we all okay yeah with a a story to promote that toy so luckily you know for example when we had a, we had lando's falcon as the cover mount yes, so therefore yep. i got to do the falcon before uh han uh did his little adventure with it you know on the castle run so you know that that was that was kind of nice, and that's just generally how it happens. I I get told we need these stories from this era that's come up with something. And obviously, these stories aren't canon. Um, do the story groups still get involved at all? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything is checked definitely. And uh, if something contradicts something that's in the films or the TV shows or even the 
more recent computer games, then we'll be asked to change it. So yeah, there's no there's no escaping from the story group, which is a good thing <laughs> as well because you know we you know they're all good guys over there and uh, we work well with them. Yeah, and there's definitely some moments that you know do stray quite far from the films. Um, for example, you know, in some of the issues, Obi-Wan's still alive and well after A New Hope. In others, he's still a uh, ghost. Um, and one of my favourites that, you know, I, I think you kind of snuck in there or the story group definitely didn't oppose was Han Solo actually working with Captain Rex in the original trilogy era. Um, is that a bit of sort of fan service in your part or is it just a character that you can use and a fit, fitted the story you wanted to tell? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that was more of a bit of a fan service thing because obviously we found out that Rex was alive and well during the original uh, trilogy time. So yeah. why, why would we not have him working with Han doing something? You know, he's there, he's part of the canon. So, yeah, it, it was partly a fanboy thing. Let's get these two together <laughs> and have some fun with them. And that's what we did. And you even had one of your own characters from the Rebels comics, uh, Ricarda from right. Puffer Problems, yeah. turn up in one of the stories, um, the best builder from issue 28. That's right. So any other Easter eggs like this that I might have missed? Because this is the stuff that I love. Oh, uh, there might have been. I just have to remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, I honestly can't remember. I'm sure there are others floating around in there somewhere. But I can't, I'll, I'll obviously have to go back and study harder. Yeah, I think I have to study harder as well because I really cannot remember them at all. But yeah, there, I'm sure there are some other ones. There might have been a couple of planets. I think we mentioned that we uh, went to in Rebels. They also turn up in these as well. I do believe. I mean, I mean, you must have by yourself added so many new planets to Star Wars canon and to the story groups Holocron just from pure nature of the amount of content you've produced. More likely, yeah. Uh, I've got no idea how many it is at this point, but, you know, more the merrier. So I collected these magazines monthly up until issue 75. Um, you know, I kind of stopped at 75. There's a cost of living crisis. It's, yeah. It kind of got bumped down with priorities. Um, but I sat down to do my research, went through all 75 issues to kind of find out exactly how many you'd written. So... By my count, in those first 75 issues, you wrote 31 A stories and 35 B stories. Now, for anyone who hasn't picked up one of these magazines, the A story is typically eight pages long. The B story is about four pages long. Um, when we first started talking about having you on the show, I picked up issue 88 and was thrilled to see that you were still writing it. So I know that the numbers I'm going to present are low mm. estimates. But at a rough guess, you've probably written about 800 pages of Star Wars comic content. So that Ooh. must put you up there with Charles Soule, Kevin Scott, and Joss John Ostrander um, as one of the most prolific Star Wars comic writers to ever live. How does that feel? Uh, yeah, I had absolutely no idea, you know, but it's nice. You know, <laughs> I just want it to go on for as long as I'm allowed to do it. Now, my research also revealed that you've written for several other Lego magazines, such as mm. uh, Batman and Jurassic Park. Yeah. You must be busy. You must be writing a new script every day. Uh, no, I mean, the Jurassic World stuff I don't do anymore. Uh, Bat okay. Batman has been cut down to maybe uh, two stories a year at, at this right. time. But uh, I've got some other stuff, you know, apart from Star Wars. It's just 
keeping me occupied and trying to make happen at the moment. So it's, uh, I know it's from your Twitter as well. You've also written for Transformers. I see that you've written for for Doctor Who. Is there a big uh, IP or franchise you haven't written for? Oh yeah, my my favorite one is Tron. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I adore that original movie so much. I cannot tell you. And anyone who knows me knows how much I adore that. <laughs> that is, is probably, at this time, that is the dream, to do something on that. And then, yeah, I'll be beyond happy to do something on Tron. It's, it's a shame that they didn't carry on with the, the planned movies. Well, there is the potential third one that may or is more likely to happen than not at the moment. And you've got the new ride coming out at Disney World is officially going to open in April. So Ron's not dead. Tron is still alive. So so your dream for writing Tron is still very, very strong and possible? uh, You never know. You just never, never know what's going to happen. So hopefully, you know, if the ride does really well and then if they make the movie and there'll be the demand to make some more content, uh, I'd like to tell Disney with both hands in the air and throwing a disc at them and going, yes, I'm ready. Let's go. I have so many ideas that you wouldn't believe. And have you ever been tempted to sneak some of those ideas into, you know, into Star Wars or some of the other franchises you work for? Or have you kept them all in a special mind box labeled? Tron special, yeah, yeah, no, they're all labeled in their own little folder, and that's where they're staying. They're, they're not going anywhere else until, <laughs> until they happen. Um, so as preparation for having you on for this show, Martin, I reached out to some of our uh, regular listeners and asked them to just put forward a couple of questions. So, mm-hmm. some quick fire questions for you. Okay. Um, what would be your dream Star Wars project to write? Oh, something with a big space battle. Because I love the space battles. My favorite space battle is the Battle of Endor from Jedi. Yep. And, and yeah, even if there was like a moment in that where I could like pick a little story out and do something, that would be one of my probably my dream Star Wars story to do. Something that involves X Wings, A Wings, Y Wings, B Wings, TIE Fighters, TIE Interceptors, Star Destroyers, Nebula and Bees, Blockade Runners, <laughs> Fast Cruisers. That's that's it. And even if there's like a little little bit extra for the superstructure chasing the Death Star, I'd be happy. Yeah. I'd be beyond happy with that. So I mean that that's also gotta be one of the thrills of writing these Lego comics is that, you know, Lego are toys. So there's hmm. loads of ships. They want you to feature their ships, so you must get to write a ton of Oh yeah. You know, yeah. A ton of ship stuff. Oh yeah, I do get to write quite a lot of ship stuff and it's it's all good. The the the, the dream is to do it canonically. As well, you know, yeah, that's that's really the dream to do something in a a video game or a comic, and where it's kind of it's official, you know, you can't change that. So, uh, yeah, anything like the do of an X Wing because uh, the X Wing is my favorite fighter in Star Wars. So, yeah, even if it's something not necessarily Rogue Squadron, it could be any other X Wing squadron, something like that, just to tell their story. And what about characters? Which is there, are there any characters that you haven't written that you'd love to write, or is there a character that you haven't brought into Lego form yet that you'd like to see? Oh, 
Uh, I, I want to bring Nine Numb into it somewhere. I, I've tried that before, but um, I'm not sure a lot of the kids actually know who Nine Numb is, so we <laughs> haven't used him yet. But See, uh, oddly enough, he was my favourite figure growing up as a kid. Yeah, I don't know why. You no, know, he was a pretty, he was a pretty good sculpt. To be fair, you know, Kenneth, yeah, Kenneth did a pretty good sculpt at the time, so I can I can understand that. Uh. I would, yeah, I would say probably him because I think every, almost every other character has been covered in Lego. And he was brought back for the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but well, to be fair, he was in all three of those films, wasn't he? You know, so uh, but he was still kind of in the back, like a more of a background player as he kind of was in Jedi. You know, he was just laying those. Yeah, you know, but we didn't really know much about him but yeah I, I definitely want to do nine numb have him in there somewhere at some stage but with a uh the guys at lego will let me do it we'll have to wait and see <laughs> um along that line then is there anything that you've been told no you know it's a hard flat no you cannot do that in a star wars lego comic uh that doesn't you know conflict with anything it's, it's, it's all i suppose it's all to like do with the level of violence you know because you can't have a like a super violent comic yeah. but for, for kids that's just not going to happen <laughs> you know uh obviously things like bombing scenes and what have you we can't really do that now because obviously we have people coming from uh war zone countries that have been subjected to that in real life so it's probably not good yeah. to find them of that kind of thing um uh there's not really a lot of uh you know, shooting people dead or anything like that, or the removing of limbs we can't really do, you know, for a kid's comic. Yeah. But that's generally it. Apart from that, you know, we just have fun. You know, we'll have, we'll have a custom pie fight instead of a lightsaber duel, or, you know, we'll have a race with, and that, with large rubber. There's so many examples of that kind of thing in the comics. You know, that word, fun, you can tell that they're written with that in mind. You know, some of them are you know, yeah. proper laugh out loud, funny, and I, especially like anything in these Lego comics with uh, the Emperor or Vader in, because they're just not to be taken seriously. Absolutely, yeah, you know, there's only, <coughs> only in Lego can you ever put Vader or the Emperor in like a Hawaiian shirt and have, yes, and yeah. have them on vacation sipping... On the beach, yeah. On the beach, just having fun. You know, but uh, the, and, um, the one thing I really do like doing is if we've got a scene with uh, the Emperor in his office in Coruscant and we've got the, the two guards in the background, I always like yeah. having the guards do something silly, you know if, if, it's, <laughs> if it's tied to the main story or if it's just something random but they're always up to something you know, because otherwise they're just standing there guarding the Emperor you know, going, when's my shift end you know, this yeah, boring yeah. so it's like, hey, let's do something to keep ourselves entertained Oh, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that now when I go back and reread some of these. Um, and how do you toe the line between what should feel like Star Wars and what should feel like Lego? It's, I imagine you've, that's something you've fully got a grasp on now. But, for example, when you first started writing these comics. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with it being Lego, it's try to show examples of things being constructed, built. Yeah. So the kids obviously know that's what it's for. So always have fun with your imagination, with putting things together. And, you know, the kids realise that, hey, we can take apart from this this toy 
Now, apart from this toy, we can combine them together. Maybe we can make something new. So it's about the play, you know, the, the play element. Yeah. Uh, and ha- and have you watched the animated Lego Star Wars specials? Yeah, I have. I've, I've seen. I've seen. I think all of them. You know, because I have to watch them for reference as well, in case there's, you know, some jokes in there or something that maybe we can play off at some point, or yeah, like a a story thing that we can use in a later issue or something. So yeah, I've seen them all. And uh, one final question, though, going back to Rebels, who hmm. is your favourite member of the Ghost Crew, and what is your favourite episode? Oh, Chopper, definitely. Yes, Chopper. definitely. Foul oh, yeah. little droid that he is. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, my favorite character in Saga is R2D2. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, you know, Chop's the kind of uh, the opposite in his attitude, even though he's still the hero, he's you know, kind of you know, cranky, <laughs> cranky yep. droid, but he will still do ultimately the right thing, even though he might zap you for fun. Uh, episode wise. Ooh, the finale for season one was really good. Yeah. Obviously, you got uh, Twilight of the Apprentice at the end of season two was really good. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think, what what was the one? What was what, what was the one I got a soft spot for? It was the one where they're on the blockade runner. They get caught by the Star Destroyer that makes the gravity well. Okay, something yeah, strike. That- Rebel Strike, I think it's called. I'm not sure. Is it called Rebel Strike? Possibly. It's been a while. <laughs> right. Hold on. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna bring up the list <laughs> of episodes just uh try and jog the memory. It was something like that anyway, but that because uh I've got a soft spot for that because my favourite overall ship, Star Wars, is the blockade runner. Yeah. And I got to write the blockade runner a couple of times officially, so it was like Yes, you know, thank you nice. very much. That was that was kind of cool. And uh, okay, where are you? Episode list, <laughs> right? Um, Empire, yeah, Empire Day from season one is really yep. good. Uh, Rise of the Old Masters again, season one was really good. Siege of Lothal, great, and. Uh, uh, Lost Commanders, Relics for the Old Republic, where Rex and Clones come back. Uh, oh, Wings of the Master as well, because of the, the B-Wing prototype. I mean, I think there's definitely an argument that could be made that the, the strength of the storytelling in Rebels has almost actually still never been hit since, mm. you know, since that. Um, they were that good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... We're we're getting that back now, I think, with the uh, Bad Batch and the finishing up of the the, the Clone Wars stuff that they full did as well. Uh, But, yeah, we're we're getting, you know, because Resistance was a whole different nation, a whole different audience, so therefore it's a whole different style of um, storytelling as well. Are we we ever going to see an Andor story in Lego Star Wars magazine? Um, if I get asked to do it, then yeah, maybe fit some of the characters from that in there. Yeah, it all, it all depends. If there's some uh, there's some sets coming out, or we're allowed to feature some characters, then yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. I'm, I'm sure you could make some space when he has a little vacation on the beach planet before being arrested. But that's a nice 
a nice quiet time for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, uh, I can't, re- can't really have him in the background, so to speak. But uh, yeah, if there's a there's a call for it or there's a good justification for having him in there, then yeah, absolutely, why not? Amazing. Well, that just about wraps it up for us here on this interview. Um, hopefully for anyone that's listening, they will now be encouraged to go and seek out these Lego magazines. Trust me, they're a ton of fun. If you haven't already picked up a Rebels Omnibus from Dark Horse, go out and grab it. Not only is it amazing, but it also kind of sends a signal to the companies that we do want this content. We don't want it to just languish in monthly magazines and never be republished again. Um, Martin, is there anything you want to plug about what you're working on currently? Is there any of your social media handles you want to let people know where uh, they can find you? I mean, I'm on Twitter at Tron Program 2. Uh, I'm on Facebook, it's under my own name. Uh, Instagram is like martin.fish77 or martin.fisher77, I do believe. Uh, but that's, that's generally, that's just where I am on, on social media. Oh, I should give a shout. Actually, I'll give a shout out to another Rebels episode I just thought of. Twin Sons. Oh, Definitely. yes. Definitely. The absolute p- the pinnacle for me. Yeah. And uh, the apart from Lego Star Wars, the one thing I'm trying to do at the moment is do uh, a webtoon in Korea. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I went out to Korea last year on a holiday and I was astounded how popular webtoons are out there. So I'm hoping... Oh, yeah, they, they did a Star Wars one. Um, I think it was just before the Disney takeover. They did the original trilogy in webtoon format that was released on the official site. Um, and that was... Yeah, that originated in Korea yeah. and then got Yeah, up. I, I mean, it, it was stunning to be on a subway train in rush hour. You see all these people standing and sitting. And I would say about 90% of them were reading webtoons on their daily commute. Oh, wow. And... Yeah, that was quite something to see. And you realise there's a massive audience out there and they've got a lot of diverse storytelling in Korea as well. So what have I got to lose by trying at the very least? So I've been been beavering away on a very, very long webtoon for seven months where I finished every single chapter from... Chapter one to chapter one hundred. I finished it on New Year's Eve, and I just start. And I've been writing the scripts for those chapters ever since. And uh, do you have an artist to to work with on this so far? Uh, yeah, there's there's someone in Korea who's uh, willing to work, work with me at the moment. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Well, best of luck with that. Yeah. Um, I hope you get to keep writing Lego Star Wars forever. Because I think yes, the world needs it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to just keep going with any form of Star Wars at all. If it's Lego, if it's other comic books, if it's video games, whatever you like. I just want to keep going for as long as I'm allowed to. Marvel, you need to pick up the phone and get give Martin Fisher his own mainline run. That would be nice. <laughs> Martin, thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, thank you for all this behind-the-scenes info into a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Thank you again. No problem. No, thank you. Thank you. Oh, man, that was a riveting conversation, Trev. I'm sure it was because I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm taking <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this reaction. But you did. I'm, I'm sure you did great. Uh, I'm sure it was riveting. 
um, and I will listen to it as soon as you are done editing. So it it was um, up there. It was the the Borat of interviews. It really, really was. <laughs> no, I I very much appreciate you. Um, you know, sticking to the schedule, Trev, and making that interview happen. Um, I do apologize for not being there, but I do trust you with it. So I think <laughs> it probably did turn out pretty pretty okay at the very and a, least. And a massive thanks again to Martin. Like I said, we rescheduled a bunch of times um, for, for various reasons. So really appreciate him coming on the show and go and, go and buy his stuff. Go yes. and sign, sign up to the Lego magazine. Hell, if you want, I'll buy the Lego mag- magazine to you and send it to you, and you can just transfer me the money via PayPal because I don't think we're available anywhere else. Okay, yeah, do that. So you heard it from the man here. And, and you get a free toy every week there you get, go. or every month. Free Lego. Okay. So, yeah, you can ask Trev directly about anything like that. But um, another news, let's go to our outro segment now. So uh, if for some reason you haven't yet, make sure to join our Discord where you can ask Trev to buy you stuff. Uh, it's a very active community there. <laughs> Sharing their thoughts on the latest episode of whatever show on Disney Plus, reading along to the to the newest book release, selling their books and collectibles, and sharing their artwork and fanfic. Most importantly, that is where you can get the latest news and discuss anything Star Wars archives and where you can ask Trev to buy you stuff. If you have not joined, just head on over to utinian.com slash Discord and click the join now button on that page. We are also on Twitter and so is Trev, where you can also ask him to buy you stuff there. Trev, where can people find you? So this is the segment where I tell everyone where they can find us on Twitter, yeah? Yes. It's that segment. It's also the segment where, where you tell people where they can find you, or <laughs> they can find us on Twitter so that then they can ask you where to buy stuff for them. Okay. I am at David Todd on Twitter. We are at SW Archives Pod. I didn't offer to buy anybody anything, but if you want me to pick you a copy up and you reimburse me for my time and my effort, I will gladly do so. <laughs> Maybe throw in a, a, an extra buck or two there for for yeah for for Trev's efforts on I yeah, am at the petrol's Joxy. expensive yes or gas as we call it here in America weirdos um, <laughs> we also drive it's an actual liquid <laughs> yes well I am at the Joxy on the Twitterverse and uh, was there anything from Martin Fisher I'm sure he's on Twitter. It, it was in the interview. interview it was in the interview there you go I, so I, you I nailed all that don't worry yep all perfect. There. Fantastic. Buy his stuff. Ask Trev to buy you stuff. <laughs> go to our Twitters. Go to our Discord. Thank you, Trev, for making that interview happen. Thank you to all of our Patreon members for supporting us and making this show possible. And thank you, all of you listeners, lovely listeners, for continuing to hear us and also hear just Trev when I'm not around. <laughs> Talk about anything and everything Star Wars. And with that, actually, Trev, this is I'll give you the honor this time since you did the bulk of this episode. Uh, With that, I can now say, Radio Out. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you. <laughs>